0: Welcome, welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Petri Dish, uh, which is a podcast where we talk about sci-fi and sign on fi uh, I'm Abe Epperson. And I'm Christian Ramirez. Welcome to the show. Uh, so what are we talking about today?
1: Today we are going to talk about uh, economies. This one is something that they kind of explore in a few different um, a few different sci-fi things, but it's something that's really important and like the economy kind of underlies everything in whatever sci-fi that you want to think about um, whether it's like aliens where they're it's literally the Wayland Yutani corporation that's sending them out on these missions mm-hmm. or like um, there's a few that let me get into some examples of the economies that, um, are prevalent in some of the sci fi that we're talking about. These are like some of the more interesting ones that I was able to find. Um, they have warhole travel and commonplace terraforming and planets that have unique goods, like one planet produces butter bugs, which uh, host a microbial suite that produces a non perishable, quote, perfect food. So basically, that's the kind of um, stuff that I went for was stuff that mm-hmm. was. A specific enough reason for there to still be a trade economy within that universe. And like we talk about, um, I'll probably talk we'll talk about Dune a little bit, which basically spice is magic, and it only comes from what, one planet? Yeah, Arrakis. Yeah. And it and so Spice it has gives people the magical ability to navigate through space. So that's another one that's kind of that's a little more i feel like that one's kind of forced with Mm. the the scarcity of one specific um commodity yeah
0: so that's just a monopoly on space travel yeah the navigation trance yeah uh and it's some magical concoction Uh between the the spice worms Mm Mm-hmm and uh the sand the spice properties of the plant itself yeah uh because they can't do it on any other planet um and yeah you mentioned the one which i'm not even going to try to say <laughs> earlier you said one planet produces butter bugs yeah <laughs> which is a perfect food <laughs> <laughs> yes and i'm like what is this what is this fucking saga that this guy wrote where he's like what is the name of the perfect food <laughs> Let's just take some butter, There's some bugs in it. Bing, bang.
1: <laughs> or the bugs are butter? You gotta Maybe the gone. bugs are made out of butter? <laughs> I hope
0: it's bug butter. Uh... While all that bug milk. Yeah. Um, but, but in both of these cases, so one is more of a, it sounds like one is more of a, has one major export and you import yeah. everything else, which is straight up, you know, League of Nations shit. Yeah. yeah. But with Dune, it's just like, for a very particular um, industry, sp- namely the most lucrative one, which is space, space travel. Space travel, yeah. It is entirely run by one, by the Baron Harkonnen and that yeah. family, right? Yeah, and it's like a corporation, kind of like Whalen. Uh, it in Alien is yeah. like akin to that, right?
1: Yeah, it's just
0: maybe not as strong of a stranglehold on the actual product, right? But it's pretty clear in the Alien mythos that the Whalen Industries is basically has control of all of the best tech, right? No one else is just fucking off to space <laughs> just because they yeah. can. Um so yeah that seems to be both capitalistic yeah. endeavors.
1: Yeah, and that's like uh in Star Wars um I'll reveal a little bit of my nerdy ex- extended universe knowledge on this one. There's like the Corellians make their entire economy is based on making starships. And like um the stuff in where was it? Bespin is mining gas that is specifically for starships. And it's these authors coming up with a way that we can have interstellar and interplanetary travel, but still somehow maintain capitalism because somehow us leaving capitalism is more unbelievable than like warp drives and Mm -hmm. magically navigating the the stars with the navigation trance in Dune. And I think, like, that's super, like, backwards. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the only way that we're going to become spacefaring and, like, travel interstellar distances is if we, like, as a society, first decide, no, we can't really do this with capitalism. And then we all collectively, like, put our resources toward. Um, exploring and colonizing and that kind of stuff.
0: Right. Right. I mean, that's how Star Trek proposes is that the Federation, all of the humans, they abolish money. Sure. Just this idea of like notoriety, Mm -hmm. uh, enlightenment, the idea of bettering oneself um, would be, it's a reputation based based economy. economy, Yeah. And because all these people grew up not having money or caring about uh, material Mm -hmm. things, that's all fine and good. That's a great utopia. Uh, but how they, I don't know if they wrote a lot about how they got through like things like the tragedy of the commons sure. or, you know, other eth- or other ethical slash economic kind yeah. of delivery systems for achieving prosperity yeah. uh, because there's so many negative effects. The other thing I want to mention about Star Trek, which is just clearly just writer- stuff like it's just like we want to make an interesting race Mm -hmm. but um
1: like the the Ferengi
0: Ferengi, nothing makes sense to me about them Uh, I mean all the way down to their earlobes. we talked about like why why is we talked about that in the sex episode (laughs) anything that you do like any if you have a big horn on your face you're like that horn is involved in fucking uh but anyway past the organism itself uh latinum is what they use sure. and it's gold press latinum okay. and i was reading about it last night because i had fucking nothing else to do <laughs> uh and i read that it, it latinum is made only in like nebula okay and supernovas okay so it's a super dense. but that's not how that's just atoms
2: yeah <laughs> that's just a really state
0: like a stable like advance like very high yeah. amount of neutrons kind of stuff atom. yeah which means that, that you can it's, make it you can make it. <laughs> In a replicator. <laughs> In a replicator. And then someone on the extended universe was talking about how no that they actually wrote around that. A few people tried, you know, took a stab. <laughs> uh, a few writers <laughs> took a stab. And the the one that a lot of people agree on is that uh it's just too unique. Yeah. Of like uh like it the combination is too unique and like the buffer system like Replicators can only do simple processes. Sure, even like things like food, which yeah. has like you know, it's all about I guess the jazz of the kitchen, <laughs> where you're, you're just like sautéing this you know fucking scallops or whatever. Yeah, and it's like ah, but I can't replicate this. Well, you just don't understand writers yeah. of Star Trek. The idea of it's a chemical process. Yeah. which involves compounds and atoms. Yeah, the way in which you cook it. Yes, there's probably I don't know, like, but like, like the heat amount and stuff like that. But all this stuff is all chemical based, like atomic based elements are involved. It's not like this magic kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, And you would think that like a replicator would have an easier time replicating one, one single element. rather than something as complex as like the food that we eat, which is several different elements all combined to make whatever it is. The other thing that they were
0: talking about is that latinum is, is a, is a liquid. Okay. And they had to put it in bars to make it like they mix it with gold or something like that. Or I don't know. That just seems like when whoever was in charge of like, what's the best (laughs) thing for money, like I feel like there's not many trajectories, much unlike, uh, unlike our own yeah. development of how currency worked. We're like, right. shiny thing? Cool. Give you shiny thing. And then we're like, wait, shiny thing's kind of tough to come by. And there's like, some shiny things are bigger than other shiny things. I have an idea. Let's just use these little tiny coins that represent the shiny thing. Are they shiny? Yes, but not as much. <laughs> but remember, they represent the shiny thing. And then we're like, okay, well then it doesn't matter. We don't need to make this out of like sh- the shiny thing. We can just yeah. set- make it out of cotton or mm-hmm. something like that or just zinc, something that's we have a ton of. And they're like no, the thing that we love is this super expensive thing and it's hard to use. Yeah. So we have to do like crazy processes to it just to get the thing we want, mm-hmm. which is bars of whatever. It can be fucking <laughs> clay for all we know. Yeah. Yet they're obsessed with the shit. I think, once again, it's probably a sex thing. <laughs>
1: That is one thing that while I was doing my research, not a lot of economists were talking about the economy of sex in the, yeah. <laughs> the sci fi universes.
0: That's true. That's true. <laughs> Those poor sex workers in Starfleet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I guess, but that actually does kind of bring up a good point that a lot of the reason why capitalism is like our main mode of uh, our uh, main engine of our economy is because we have that like ape brain part of us, mm-hmm. the part that is shiny thing, good uh-huh. that I want more things because if I have more things, yeah, then I'm better.
0: Yeah. The accumulation of things has right. always been like status yeah. relevant
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, as long as, you know, but we've kicked our programming before, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course, you know, I don't, but it's still there, but you, We make things like laws, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) I really want to kill him. Well, then you get this. I don't want that. Well, cost benefit analysis, buddy. Uh,
1: So and like uh, one of the key terms that I was when I was looking and into this, uh, one of the most important things that throughout all of this is the idea of a post scarcity economy, mm -hmm. which um, is basically means we don't want for anything or we don't there's none of our needs that aren't fulfilled through right. that economy right. and um so there's a few different ways that theoretically we could get to it um one of them is speculative technology like replicators mm-hmm because if you have replicators and you can replicate food and whatever and people don't need anymore they don't mm. they no longer have to worry about where the food's coming from. another one is digital abundance, which basically digital abundance um, contributes to everybody being able to learn more and have more access to information and um, so we all become our own individual like drivers of, the economy, meaning that we can program robots and do maintenance and stuff like that, that the automation will take care of the rest of our lives. And we work like 10 hours a week and then every the rest of our time is devoted to whatever we want to pursue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of where the digital abundance comes from. We'd have robots doing everything for us and almost everything, most things for us. And we would no longer have any needs that weren't being fulfilled. So yeah, that's kind of the three of the three main methods of getting to a post-scarcity economy that I found that I was looking at.
0: Yeah, uh, that's an interesting and probably a lot bigger than what we would um, we could tackle in any podcast. Sure, sure. You know, not that that we are selfish by. Co- like completely selfish by nature and non-altruistic. I'm mm-hmm. just saying that, like, at a certain point, like, let's say we both worked on a thing, like we yeah. both wrote a novel together, yeah, yeah. and I secretly felt, and I never told you because I felt that it would ruin, you know, the thing that we had. That I worked harder on it than yeah. you did, or vice versa. There would be that unwelcome remainder of that. Like, I feel like I was essentially ripped off or mm-hmm. something like that because we get equal notoriety. Right. So they would have have to have some kind of legislative body that goes over the grief of that like inconsistent subjective situation yeah but that's fast tracking to star trek hopefully it's just like maybe over time we evolved so that it's just like yeah you I I don't lie I just don't need (laughs) to lie anymore I don't care about lying and it's just like oh shit
2: well then yeah then that's
0: that's a big problem out of the way if no one's lying um there's something that I I I just wanted to finish that thought and feel free to jump in and say more about it but like uh I always like to go to Back to History, and um, it was popularized, I guess, for me in the HBO John Adams mm-hmm. uh, show. <laughs> but it's actually from a letter uh, to Abigail Adams. Okay, and uh, I, I just like it. It says that, uh, there, it's a quote: "I must study politics and war." that my sons may have the liberty to study mathematics and philosophy. My sons ought to study mathematics and philosophy, ge- geography, and natural history, naval architecture, navigation, commerce, and agriculture, in order to give their children a right to study painting, poetry, music, architecture, and stage right. et cetera, etc., etc. Uh, now, that's obviously written by, like... Uh, <laughs> In a world by a man, like a white man who uh, essentially had the right to vote to a woman who did not, you know, like, and like, he's like, I got this shit all figured out. Uh, And he's saying, like, this is what's going to happen with my grandparents. So that's a whole, or grandchildren. That's a whole different, like, psychological study with itself the, his need to say that <laughs> sure. but i do think that there's some relevance in the quote in that he this guy's kind of understanding that like we have to baby steps this shit yeah. you know we have to study like in kind of the reverse to make our economy more like global or to see ourselves as global citizens right. we must do away with different aspects yeah of things like right now i think we have a cultural moment about Pointing out injustice. And I think injustice yeah. will not be, uh, you know, we will not beat justice in my lifetime. Sure. But then maybe the next generation will be able to call it out with more consistency and yeah. uh, people stop wanting to be unjust to each other. Mm-hmm. And then generations after that and that before, you know. They're all Riker in Alaska tooting (laughs) on his trumpet, not caring about money. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I think that that's, I think that's what the job of science fiction is. Yeah. Uh, Looking at the machine as it is now. Mm
1: -hmm. I think there's, we're so complicated as a species because we have this concept of the people that are older and this is kind of ingrained in us, not just through society of respecting your elders, but also just because of the fact that, um, when we were, when we were struggling to survive, if somebody made it to the age of 70 something, Mm -hmm. it was because they understood something about survival that we didn't. So we needed to listen to them. But that also has the side effect of creating a lot of social problems. Because sometimes the ways of thinking that um, older generations have aren't constructive and they and they aren't going to actually get us to a place where um, it's making the world better anymore. And but we have that instilled in us that this person has made it this far. We need to understand and respect all of the things that they have to say. And that's not me saying that. And obviously we do need to respect a lot of the things that older people have to tell us, not necessarily when it comes to things like science, when it comes to things that they don't actually have a strong understanding of, because the world is evolving at such a pace that the human brain over a hundred year span isn't necessarily going to be able to keep up with the world
0: in a in other words any new frontier right exactly Uh, like let's ask grandma what she thinks about robotics Mm. (laughs) she's probably racist somehow (laughs) there's a quote i i'm gonna misattribute it so i don't know so i'll just paraphrase it but just this thought of um The second that we stopped enslaving other people Mm -hmm. and started enslaving fossil fuels... Uh, we became a more ethical people, yeah. Uh, because we stopped doing slavery and instead <laughs> abused fossil fuels. And now the next step is like we should not be relying on fossil fuels because mm-hmm. there's you know there's a ledger there too mm-hmm. in terms of injustice and how it like you know gives people cancer or yeah. destroys the earth. Um, <clears throat> so we have to do these kind of we have to like pivot to new things. Yeah, and one of those things. That, might be if we want that 10-hour day where all we do is just fucking play music (laughs) uh or whatever and just be chill as fuck uh we would probably be very reliant on things like robots we'd be reliant and we'd make them our slaves yeah uh and so we would we would outsource all the things that p you know are dangerous and stuff like that and then the next step of that generation would be what Robots' rights, you know, like there's a lot of different. Like I, I don't think there's any one way to skin an economy. Sure. uh, With humans, yeah, I think that economy is, of all type and of all. Conception are inherently yeah. broken because we are broken. Yeah. <laughs> that is my personal belief. I no, yeah, If I it was would writing a, lot, a science fiction, that was,
1: <laughs> it was what it would be. It would be a lot more simple if we, if it was robots in control, if mm-hmm. it was robots running a robot society, because they would have answers of like, where does consciousness begin and where does automation end? Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. And And I think that is going to be a question that we have to answer once we start using robots for the majority of the, the grunt work. Um,
0: yeah. Like what are the, what are the, um, obviously that this is kind of what Dune's about. Yeah. we don't stop and ask the spice worms if we can like just take all their spice. Right? Maybe they like rolling around in it and stuff. Like I don't know what worms like. Uh, but like the Muad'Dib the Muadib and uh, the free the Freeman. Yeah. Uh, the guys with the blue yeah, eyes yeah. and stuff like that. Those, Arrakis sand and Arrakis spice belongs on Arrakis. Yeah. Which is kind of like a grassroots. Re- we love our revolutions. Yeah. yeah. You know. Um, look, most of our sci-fi, we are the the gritty upstart from you know the the pale blue dot in the milky way galaxy we love yeah. that narrative we're telling people all right let's all be like this big like earth <laughs> machine let's be a, like a yeah. like a some kind of sphere and maybe make <laughs> ourselves cyborgs you know what let's come make it a cube uh because that was another good point about the econo- economics of star trek uh paper that, yeah. the, that you were talking about which is an ec- Economist, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, What's really interesting is that the Federation and the Borg are the most two, like, they're very alike. Yeah. Because they have singular vision. They're explorers. They're trying to better themselves. Yeah. Like, that is their MO, Mm -hmm. their prime directive, um, so to speak. Although, you know, we have a very bipolar yeah. problem with, uh, prime directives. Cause our prime <laughs> directive is like, we first do no harm. Don't fuck up, you know, right. like, because we could fuck up an entire civilization, Yeah, but we do it all the time in the show, <laughs> uh, you know? So it's like, yeah, it's, we are the pro like to me, the Borg are the ones who are like, (laughs) at least we're consistent. I'm not saying we're moral or ethical. I'm just saying (laughs) consistent wise, the Borg are more consistent.
1: Oh, and the economist's name is uh, Manu Sadia. It was a wired article called the economic lessons of Star Trek's money free society. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't know. It's so hard for us to conceive of getting to post-scarcity, but we're already kind of there with a lot of the things that we need. We're just at such an economic imbalance as far as who controls the resources. Uh, because so we you're have, talking about
0: like food and yeah, water? Because right
1: now yeah. we have enough food. We have enough food to take care of everybody. No, there's not a reason why anybody should go hungry in mm-hmm. the United States. Mm-hmm. Never. Because we produce a, such a surplus that we can feed people with the food that we throw away. yeah like that that by itself is enough to cover anybody who's hungry. Um, and we, through other means, through GMOs and through um, advanced farming techniques, we can feed the whole world if we really want to, if we want to put our minds to it. And as of right now, we probably could, fix our dependency on oil if we really wanted to. Mm-hmm. But because of the fact that we are founded upon a capitalized society, all of that is made more difficult because we have money being put towards politics and things like that. And so I think basically first we need to overcome stuff like that before we can ever think about getting to A truly post need society, uh, because as long as there's people that are going to benefit from hoarding more of whatever Mm -hmm. resource it is, then they're going to try to do that and they're going to use whatever resources they already have to accomplish that goal,
0: yeah. And the um, you can't work under the assumption that like out of the sky will arrive an alien daddy, right? (laughs) Who who will he'll be like. Oh, uh, little buddies! I'm gonna teach you all, all, like all the technology where nothing matters anymore, and you can just fly around on your yeah. spaceship with Cause me. Because that is
1: how it happened in Star yeah. Trek. It was they invented warp drive. I think they discovered warp drive, and who was it? The who? It was Fox. the Vulcans. Yeah, the Vulcans yeah. were found out that we discovered it. And they're like, all right, here's all of this technology. <laughs> now yeah. you don't have to worry anymore. By the way,
0: that was in uh what was that in? That was in, um, yeah. uh, first contact with James Cromwell. And, <laughs> uh, and I love it because they made it out to be like, who are the aliens going to be? Who is it going to be? And it just like walks out and you're like, okay, so it's a Ron killer (laughs) Vulcan. And then they do the live long and prosper. And it's just like, it's played to the swelling music. Like, it's like, Oh shit, mic drop. (laughs) And I'm like, they've been there since the beginning. (laughs) I mean, it frankly makes a lot of sense. (laughs) It's not like a twist. (laughs) There's, the whole time we were Vulcans or some shit. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know.
1: Yeah. And how long were they watching us kill each other before well, they, they just decided had the way? Sure.
0: That, they taught us the prime directive. Right. So they, either they or someone who taught them, created this idea of like, all right, what's the barrier of when we can talk to them and right. let them know we exist when they achieve warp drive? Yeah. And the second that there's like a warp signal, they're like, oh shit, now we can talk to you. Yeah.
1: And to me, that just seems like. I don't know, such a kind of high and shitty way to look at things. Cause if you had talked to us when we were just people farming Mm -hmm. or when we were hunter gatherers, if you had come down and said, Hey, we can mold this society to where nobody ever suffers Mm -hmm. instead of waiting for billions and billions of people to die in wars and stuff like that. (laughs) Well, have you read childhood's end? Uh, no,
0: that's the idea is that, um, they, We were molded by sure. uh, a race to make us the best version that we can, like an experiment, yeah. to make ourselves better better than they are. Yeah, uh, They're like, we saw that you had emotion, and we don't have emotion, mm. and we saw how emotion was playing out in your history because we have the ability to do that and it which is kind of like a rival yeah. you know that you know where they they ha- just have the ability the the hectopods have the ability yeah. to see time as All like at once. A, you know time as a circle <laughs> uh, but the crazy thing about that book is also uh it is revealed that it's it's a spoiler but it's not like the end of the book spiral, spoiler yeah. um you can also watch the TV show they made a miniseries about it the aliens look like the de- the devil Oh, okay. And so that's why the devil and demons are in our, uh, in our mythos. Yeah, that's in our, cool. Our tales. Yeah. Because that's just what they happen to look like. Yeah. They're yeah. not evil, uh, mm-hmm. but it does bring up the ambiguity of like if we could mold someone. Yeah. I mean, how far is that from eugenics, really? Right. That's true. You know, just by saying we are better than they are. Why? Because look, we we're spacefaring. <laughs> or look, we're just more moral. We're, we we solved economies. Yeah. Well, is that the criterion of how we determine what a good civilization is? Is whether or not they have an economy. That's true. Uh, Who's to say? Yeah, that's the real question.
1: There's a because there's an impossible philosophical debate debate over the merits of in a society that is spacefaring and interstellar, that obviously has much greater technology than us. They have much more experience than we do with travel and seeing other parts of the universe mm-hmm. is our human morality going to be something that is more important or less important when it comes to that kind of a thing because I think from, I think
0: it's a simple question I don't think it's an impossible question I think it's simple it's do you value autonomy or not
1: because well yeah because that's also the question where does autonomy? And when it comes to them molding us as a society, if they give us the tools to, like, okay, you're never going to want for anything again. Yeah. Do whatever you're going to do. Is that the limit? Or is it somewhere closer to, all right, we're gonna stop you from ever having wars with each other. Yeah. We're not going to let people suffer because of whatever, whatever reason. Mm. Then I guess that kind of that seems like we don't have autonomy anymore, but right. we can live within that structure however we want to. Mm. We're already just by the laws of nature, we live within those laws in whatever way that we want to pretty much without right. breaking them. So how much like is autonomy a thing that really exists because we can't, obviously we can't break the laws of nature. We can't go past, past the speed of light. We can't do those kinds of things. They're
0: limited resources. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if like speed is a resource, they're yeah. limited resources exactly. from our, what we can see.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I think though, I don't know. I, I just feel like if they're watching world war one and two, maybe they step in before there's a third one. <laughs>
2: Yeah, there there seems like
1: chill out for for all my
0: waxing poetic about like the philosophies of both sides and like in the end it's just like you guys space Nazis (laughs) (laughs) and they're like, Yeah, we love being space Nazis, like kill these motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) They're space Nazis. Yeah, so there's obvious solutions to obvious questions, but not all the questions are obvious, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, Space Nazis is pretty Cut and dry (laughs) What the fuck are (laughs) butterbugs Who do you think got it right And by that I think that there's Two questions in that Mm. and you can answer Either or both One what is like a reasonable Expectation Mm -hmm. who got it right Versus like who got Who created the best economic system
1: That's okay I think we're slowly figuring out that there aren't many people or there weren't many science fiction writers that considered the fact that for us to become an interstellar or um, interplanetary race we kind of have to get rid of capitalism first mm. like that has to be the first step otherwise uh, otherwise it is a whaling yutani situation it's mm. just the corporations that are, are the ones that are out that are the only ones that are able to go travel through space, because and this the only is the assumption
0: before. that we have to do it all entirely ourselves. That right. we can like, yeah, I'm let's not assuming there's, there's be like aliens. a trade coalition, like in Star Wars. Yeah. the best part of Star Wars, everyone agrees, <laughs> the Trade Federation, uh, <laughs> where they come in and they go like, oh shit, like yeah, the, earth and we have a spice like yeah. it's like they're like we love your dust yeah. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> all right like give us all of your dust and yeah. we'll give you everything we love we want to just roll on your dust like so many <laughs> spice worms <laughs> um, so you know that could be yeah. a capitalist based sure. uh you know thing uh but so you're saying you believe that we you don't think we can become spacefaring at all without with capitalism in the
1: mix but the abolishing of money is important to a spacefaring society because we have to put all of our effort towards becoming spacefaring mm. and if that's the only industry if for us to only have one industry then i don't see how we can do that with there being people with a ton of resources a ton of money and be there being other people that don't have almost anything. There has to be some kind of equalizing of that pressure. Otherwise, it is corporate space travel.
0: Yeah, it it kind of has to be. Uh, if we want to do it faster and together, at the same time, yeah, we kind of the bill has to kind of be all of it.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know,
0: like there's no tip. It's mm-hmm. just <laughs> what is the cost of the meal? Every piece of wealth that yeah. we have, we can muster that is relevant.
1: Yeah, because we we can't have people hoarding gold because we need gold to make solar sails or whatever it is mm-hmm, that we need. Cause mm-hmm. gold and silver have applications to a lot of technology that yeah, we have.
0: We need, we need to build robotics. We need to figure out distribution of, uh, right. Uh, of food and water so that we can get more workers. Mm-hmm. Building we can't spaceships. have Nestle hoarding water. Yeah. <laughs> we can't like it's education <laughs> needs to be free so that yeah. any brain one particularly down the line that's suited to developing warp drive yeah. is not yet another sad tale of someone who never matched their potential yeah. because, because they didn't have the money poor or, yeah. you know, because they died from a medical yeah. condition.
1: Well, and that's where that um, concept that I talked about earlier and just having access to that information in the first place is so helpful to our society because somebody that's poor, that, you just have to have internet access. You can go to a Starbucks. You just need a phone now at this point to access that kind of information. And if all of the information and like education and stuff like that was free to anyone, then that maximizes our chances of finding the person who is able to put together a warp drive. Mm. It's, because as of right now it's only if you're able to afford college and if you're able to afford taking on massive amounts of debt to go to college so you can try to help the world.
0: <laughs> did you hear about the guy in like the 80s who developed like since he was a kid or something like that he was uh, he was developing a thorium car in his garage. <laughs> I and it like hear totally worked this. and then some somehow someone figured it out and was like like army would came up and was like dude you can't just build (laughs) nuclear reactors and he had the best response which was why not (laughs) (laughs) it's like because if it's not safe he's like check it i followed every code yeah like i did my research and i do exactly what like i should be certified but you're not certified well (laughs) are you certified? So who? how do you have the ability to judge me? Well, let's get someone who's certified and we need to like put a stamp on this. We all need to know. And I'm like, that's. he's like, that's fair. I made a car. <laughs> <laughs> if it exploded, I would have died. Yeah. I wouldn't like have killed everyone. <laughs> he's just like, but just people doing like kind of uh, under the radar kind of stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that should happen more because that also allows people information sure. to. Like the ways and means, and like the fact that everyone's going to get internet means that you, you kind of have to agree that you're going to get the, you know, yeah. white, the supremacists negative part of it too. and yeah. stuff are going to try to use that to build weapons. Well, how do you stop? How do you keep that digital abundance from becoming actual yeah. abundance of things that we don't want, like yeah. hatred or bombs? <laughs> um, yeah. And the answer is you. Yes, you, I, I still feel that it's still working the same way. You just have yeah. to craft essentially what we think is a better version of ourselves, yes. which I think is a slightly different conversation than another civilization walking in and trying to craft our civilization to be it. Absolutely. Because there's something unique about being a human in the yeah. human race, determining and living in that struggle and enjoying the wealth of that. And at the same time being able to enforce your particular opinion onto someone else that that should be overseen, but it's not, it's a lot different from like some fucking space bugs coming in and saying, give us your bones, you know?
1: (laughs) But yeah. And that is, that's a part that not a lot of sci-fi authors or creators of sci-fi really address because I guess there's kind of an inherent assumption that we're going to move past racism and things like that naturally. Mm -hmm. And it's just a part of like it's a hardware issue. Like we've talked about in other episodes that when it comes to space travel, humans have a hardware issue. We don't have the ability to go vast distances right now because Mm. we are made of meat and we are we just can't do it. And there is parts of us that that tribalism part of us that exists and there's unless we have precogs saying that people are about to commit crimes and we have that kind of stuff going on, then we, we don't really have the ability to stop that, but we can do things like legislate for it. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. I, but I do think the idea that we will move past hatred and stuff like that, that could be a nice side effect of living in a post scarcity world. Because Mm -hmm. if we don't, if we're not competing For our basic needs, then we do kind of have that opportunity to to worry less and to be concerned with the reasons why we are not things aren't working out for us. We don't need to worry about that anymore.
0: I've always assumed that the reason that people want to standardize uh, the wealth situation of everyone on the planet is because they wanted everyone to have the same experience with economy sure. to essentially say that i grew up in a house that looked much like yours that had yeah. a, a sink much like yours that when it was broke was fixed mm-hmm. i never had to suffer not having water or i never yeah. had to suffer not having food and then to look across the aisle and be like you there over there like i'm a white male you know yeah. you're latino like if if we we both are americans yeah. that makes us very similar Were we not, if we could look across the aisle and say like, there's someone, there's someone who looks completely different than I am, but I know that they had the same experience. me. Now, of course, that is the question of liberty and autonomy, because now it's like, cool. So now there is a system that has almost de- systemized hatred yeah at least on a like a poverty on a wealth yeah
1: yeah and like the things that we way can that control, made, like
0: the class system has been disrupted yeah great also what kind of music do you listen to <laughs> what kind of stories do you like to yeah. be told what you know like are we going to assume that in that nature nurture thing that nurture is going to be all the way standardized yeah is our nature going to be all the way standardized as well? Well, no, I mean, there's parts about your culture that I don't understand and yours that you don't understand in mine that I'm eager to understand. And likewise, and it's like, there's also parts that are like, I, I know something about it, but I, I'm, I'm ignorant to living it. Yeah. And it's just like, that's kind of the spice of life kind of stuff. And like, I understand why that, why there's that, um, that, that, that soundbite wisdom comes from the right and left all the time. It's like, See, no, everyone wants to be the same, but we're also different. We should celebrate yeah. both, but you know, vote for <laughs> me because I got the right combination of the two, baby. <laughs> you know, do you like a little bit more peanut butter or a little less jelly? Yeah, I got the right one that you want.
1: That does. I mean, it brings up the valid idea and kind of criticism on the philosophy that I was talking about. Is if we all, as a society and a world, decide that we are all going to work together for a singular goal. What does that do to the culture and the diversity and stuff like that? Does it not homogenize it as well? Like, do we not lose out on some of that stuff when everybody is given the exact same things? Depends
0: on how, how addicted we get to that change. Right. You know, because if we see it start working and we're like, no one's murdering each other. This is fucking great. Yeah. Then we're going to be like, I'm, let's double down yeah. you know like <laughs> i mean like honestly there's a bunch of stuff like let's get rid of alcoholics yeah while we're at it yeah <laughs> change this shit too yeah you know what it'll be a lot easier if we're all just hard drives <laughs> and bada bing bada boom hey the one thing that we know about the matrix is universal healthcare. <laughs>
1: It's true. Yeah. you got everything you need right in a pod.
0: Right in a pod. Right in your holes. <laughs> just holes go. Just tubes going into holes. Yep. Make it good. <laughs> My robot family. All right. Uh, 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 I don't have anything. I have many other things to say about this I know this we could talk about economics but, um, for
1: a long time. You know, well, I think that we like the only thing I've re- I had left, I really have to say about this is that we are kind of at that moment right now. And we're going to decide either as a human race to tackle climate change mm. and survive or to fight each other about it and die because well, not all of us will die. Just those of us that don't have the money to survive.
0: Third option, fight the sun.
1: <laughs> but yeah,
0: so son, I'll uh, see you at dawn. <laughs> At high noon. Pistols.
1: But, yeah, there are some definitely some things that have to change for the majority of us to survive this upcoming climate disaster that I mean there's no other real way to put it. Like it'll it'll change the way that the earth that humans function on the earth forever if we don't take care of it. Yeah. Because that's that part of our nature that we we do have the thing where we want more stuff than the other person next to us. That's we? true. Yeah. And we gotta overcome that, or else, mm-hmm. or else things are gonna fucking suck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Real bad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but you know, give me your stuff, though. <laughs> Christian, I'm not recording.
1: Just give me your stuff. <laughs>
0: Well, then that wraps that one up. We got more in the pipeline coming for you. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for listening. And bye-bye.
1: Bye.
2: Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, everybody, Swame here. With added excitement in my voice because it might equate to money for me. Uh, I just wanted to officially let everyone know through the medium of audio rather than tweets that Small Beans has a merch store now. Yeah, that's right. And this is not just some cash grab with the logos of our shows, although you can get logo tees there if you'd like. We worked very hard with several very talented artists to really present you with shirts and buttons and content to come that we really think is worth your purchase and you're going to enjoy and if you're someone who hasn't been able to patronize us this is a fantastic way to support Small Beans directly without having to sign up for Patreon and of course you get a physical item in return rather than just our glorious glorious content which will remain free but is not free to make so we'd really appreciate anyone who's willing to check out the SB merch store it is at smallbeans.bigcom Cartel.com, and there you will find a bunch of hilarious shirt designs, some limited edition buttons, as well as an ever-increasing amount of audio content to download. We're talking original rap songs, audiobook versions of short stories, and so on. And we're always brainstorming and trying to add new things to the shop, but we'll stop if no one goes there. So please check it out, smallbeans.bigcartel.com. And as always, we love you!